to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Dummer, your host, and today I'm here with Tim Round, a member of the ST Genetics Genetic Advancement Team, and Glenn Mormon, owner of Mormon Dairy, a robotic milking herd who is a partner herd of ST Genetics. Today, these two will be sharing their insights into robotic genetics with us, but first, I just wanted to thank you both for being with us today. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, thanks, Laura. To start, Glenn, you work in a robotic milking barn every day. Can you tell me what you are looking for in a robotic dairy cow that works well in your setup? Yeah, so with our dairy cows, we like to have a good, strong cow that's uh, not timid, but able to, you know, get herself to the robot with great feet and legs. Um, you know, we don't like to have a lot of failed cows. So utter uh, uniformity, teat placement, teat size. Those are all pretty important things to our robotic dairy, um, especially with the failures. If you have one cow that fails, you know, she might fail three boxes in a row and it will take up a lot of time um, on your milk production side of things. Being able to get to that robot well and uh, and uh, getting attached fast, that's, that's the name of the game, I think. And Tim, um, before we just dive right into the, the robotic genetics on the advancement team side of things. The one thing about ST genetics that some may not know is the size of ST genetics milking herd. Can you give us a rundown on this and the different facilities they are housed in, milked in, and how this is beneficial to the genetic advancement team? Yeah, Laura. So one of the ST facilities, um, there's currently 16 Lili robots there and uh, milking 900 cows. We use that system to collect a lot of data. That data we use internally to help make decisions for our internal program of making future bulls for the industry. But, but not only the data on um, the milk weights, fat protein, we're collecting milking speed, box time speed. And along with that, we put our EcoFeed system into that on measuring intake and dry matter intakes and uh, where that all comes full circle. So it is a lot of data, a lot of data to analyze, but it we feel that's the future. So using the 16 robots at that facility in Using the robots at Mormon Dairy Facility, also another partnership herd of Farnier Holsteins using the robot data there. We have a lot of data collection, so that is a great thing for us, a great thing for the future of the industry, and we're very excited to uh, use that to multiply. Now, Glenn, from your current milking herd, do you have any standout sires that have worked really well in your robots? Um, yeah, Laura, we had, uh, we had a big spree, uh, back when Charles was a young bull. Um, we, we made a lot of Charles daughters and, you know, we were hopeful they would come up into the robotic herd and, and be great daughters. And I think they, they definitely surpassed how great they are. Um, I mean, they get into the box, they get attached very well. I mean, we have probably a hundred, hundred daughters from Charles running around here and, even though they're here, you don't see them often, you know, you don't, they're not standouts, you know, like as problematic. Right. Another nice one would be a dedicate. Um, there's some nice daughters there also. They, they just get through the barn and, you know, you don't even notice that they're in there, you know? Yeah. Problem-free cow is always a good cow. Yes. Now, Tim, what traits is the ST Genetics Genetic Advancement Team focusing on when making or looking for robotic sires? 
Yeah, so looking at the robotic sires and trying to advance robotic genetics, we're really looking at teat placement, front and rear teats. That's very important. We don't want them too close. We don't want them too wide. We want them very symmetrical to make sure that robot doesn't have to do any extra work and um, find those. And then also milking speed. Milking speed is very important um, around the world, um, whether it is robotic genetics or not robotic genetics, but we're putting a lot of emphasis on that speed. The more cows we can get through those robots per hour, that just means more profit for our customers and dairymen around the world. So those are things we look at on top of just advancing the other genetic formulas of milk, fat, protein, longevity, health, and all that stuff. But I think this is very, very important that we can't look past it because it's all about economics and efficiencies, and uh, that's the future of the dairy industry. Definitely. Now, Glenn, when you transitioned from parlor to robots, what happened production-wise, um, as well as what ha- happened on the health side of things for your herd? Yeah, so on our production side of things, uh, I think I think uh, the the best part about going to the robots was being able to dial in on each individual cow versus group milking in the parlor and mixing one TMR batch and things like that, you know, where we can give more pellets to a cow that's, uh, you know, producing more for us um, in, in the robot. So that's one nice thing. You're kind of able to um, cut cost with your rations through the robot. And at the same time, you're able to maximize the milk out- output per cow by what they are performing like during day-to-day operations you know when when they're hitting the box i mean it's all recorded and uh it just knows what to feed them so that's that's one nice thing about it but uh with doing that you're able to kind of dial in on your fat and protein which that's probably the biggest um reward that we've had since uh going to the robots is getting a nice fat test and a nice protein test and um you know that pays out well um on the health side of things it's amazing when you go breed cows and you're like, boy, she's going into her eighth lactation or seventh lactation. And you're like, boy, what do you, what do you use on her? <laughs> and, you know, some places, you know, you might just do a DNB, but here I, I, I'm always willing to give them another chance. So livability of the animal is probably one of the biggest thing about the health, health part of the um, robotic system is the cows just live a long time. Now, what you just, you know, named off a few things, but what do you see as some of the biggest benefits of a robotic milking system? Biggest benefit is probably as uh, the labor is, mm-hmm. um, I'm not too, I'm not too worried about who's milking the cows, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there has to, there has to be people here day to day, you know, but um, at the same time, you're not, you're not like overly stressed about people. Um I mean, yeah, you got to have quality people here. Um, you got to have uh, have to be able to run a computer and your iPhone or um, Android and be able to look things up and figure out what to do next, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it takes a lot less a uh, lot less people. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'd like to echo a little bit what Glenn said there, but I think when you are really well managed uh, robot herd and you um, kind of get everything rocking and rolling on that side of it. If you have the strong genetics to go with it, it's just, uh, it just advances it that much more. 
those cows are just wanting to live longer with the genetic side of it. They can produce more milk through it all, higher fat, higher protein. So uh, the genetics, um, paying close attention to that and where you want to go as a herd and um, where we want to go as an industry, I don't think that part can be overlooked because it's all about efficiencies and whether that cow walks into that box and she's extreme genetics or way below the average um, you're going to get paid way more and she's going to be more profitable cow. So um, putting a strong emphasis on the genetic part is just going to be better on the bottom line. Definitely. Right. I'd agree. I'd agree with that too, Tim. And, you know, your overhead cost on heifers being raised elsewhere and, and, you know, you're going to have those cows going to that fourth to the fifth, but those cows that you can use Angus semen on and just, kind of get rid of those uh, genetics also is pretty nice to be able to be selective on what you're going to be breeding and how many heifers you need on farm. Yeah, I mean, that longevity is huge because if you can keep them around one extra lactation, um, that's just pure, that's uh, one less heifer you have to raise for that year. Well, thank you both for sharing that insight. Now, Switching gears just a little bit, Tim, you have kind of already answered this a little bit, but I want to touch on it because I do think it is an important part to our robotic genetics. But how does ST Genetics having its own ro robotic milking herd and, you know, partners like Mormon Dairy, Farnier Holsteins, um, them having theirs as well, how does that help the genetic advancement team in their genetic developments? Yeah, so um, we take a lot of data that comes through uh, Council of Dairy Cattle Breeding from around the world and look at their linears. And then we're also taking our own data internally and making sure that matches up. Um, I guess it's seeing and believing of all what's on paper, but we can take some of the most extreme bulls and try to match them up with different bloodlines to try to create um, the best robotic genetics out there. So we're taking um, phenotypically and genotypically, we're uh, taking as much data as we can to do that. And then we're putting it into our multiply or trying to multiply those as uh, fast as we can. And um, I guess quantity and quality to make sure we get the product that we want. So between our ET program and just uh, breeding our cows, we're heading that direction. So there's a, several different bloodlines we're working on to um, maintain what we have for robotic genetics, but also we're trying to add that into them as well. Now, in today's lineup of robotic milking sires from ST Genetics, who would be a few sires you would recommend for the robotic milking herd's next breeding decision? Yeah, so... Um, you know, one of our highest genetic bulls, Captain, he's uh, kind of got the groundwork laid for a lot of his progeny. Um, Captain does very well on this teed placement, teed size, but there's a lot of Captain sons like Pipeline, Lamar, Arden, Element, who uh, just kind of put it all together. And then we're going to keep advancing that side of it. And then we also have our non-Captain blood um, bulls like Macintosh. Lazaro, Sydney, that they all come from different uh, paternal and maternal lines. So, yeah, we're trying to um, add as much diversity to that, but also keep, um, you know, as many different traits with those um, robotic genetics as well, just to make the most 
profitable robotic cow out there. Great. Thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you both for joining us today and for giving us the insight into your robotic milking herd, Glenn, and into the robotic genetics for ST Genetics, Tim. Um, and thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, no problem, Laura. Thank you. This was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And from all of us at ST Genetics, have a great day.